Faithful Exiles is a podcast that explores life following Jesus Christ in South Africa. We want to think deeply about what the Bible has to say about life and talk about what that might mean in the situations God has placed us in. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those held by the host, co-host, or production team. As this is a discussion and not a pure teaching platform, it is up to the listener to engage with the content responsibly. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, God's people are called to work heartily for the glory of God in everything that they do. Yet, many in the world, and particularly in South Africa, find themselves with a sense that they are not living up to their potential as they struggle to see where they can make a positive contribution in their homes and communities. A 2021 national survey found that half of young South Africans aged 15 to 34 were unemployed. Additionally, many South Africans lack the level of proficiency in English needed to engage in the business sphere of the global village, with literacy in South Africa declining by 7% from 2019 to 2021. Why should Christians care about unemployment, poverty, and illiteracy in South Africa? How should we understand these problems from a biblical perspective, and what can we, as ordinary followers of Jesus, do to make a difference? On today's episode of Faithful Exiles, we are honored to have Regan Clarsen of the Synergy Foundation as our guest. The Synergy Foundation is a Christian, non-profit company dedicated to helping people discover and develop their God-given potential and achieve their destinies. Since its inception in 2007, Synergy has activated over 3,000 people into the South African economy as dynamic entrepreneurs. We hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Regan as he tells the story of the Synergy Foundation and shares how we can join in advancing literacy, leadership and life skills, all for the glory of God. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of Faithful Exiles. I'm really excited about today's conversation because we have with us Regan Clarsen, uh, the founder of the Synergy, Synergy Foundation, uh, an organization that's committed to impacting communities for the better uh, through literacy, through leadership, and through life skills programs. Um, firstly, Regan, it's great to have you with us. Thank you for being willing to have this interview. No, thank you for inviting me and uh, all the listeners. It's uh, really a great pleasure for us to share this time with uh, with you. Yeah, well, we're excited to hear about your organization, something of the vision of the organization, and how we can also help and get involved and capture a vision for for what you're doing. Um, I think meeting a big need uh, in our country. Um, but perhaps we can begin by just getting to know you a little bit better, a bit of your background, your family, and where your vision for this organization first began to take shape? Synergy uh, Foundation, well, Synergy with an S was taken, so we uh, used the C instead, because in some parts of the world, the C is also an S. Uh, So Synergy means the whole is greater than the sum of the elements. So we wanted to blend in a few of the aspects in order to deliver the impact required for our programs. Um, But my wife and I, um, we were teenage parents. So I was 17 years old, she was 16. And one of the things that we understood 
coming into this realization of adulthood is that we will not be able to do this by ourselves. So fortunately, we, uh, through the grace of God, He kept us, and we had this manual to really guide us on this journey. So a lot of what we are doing, not only today, but right from the offset of our teen years, we understood this thing, that God has called us for a specific purpose, and that everything in life is there to solve some kind of problem. Um, this microphone solves the problem. The chairs that we're sitting on solves the problem so we don't have to sit on the floor today. And if that is true, the sun solves the problem of heat and light. Mm. So everything solves some kind of problem. And if that is true for things, um, how much more for us? So we are not created just for ourselves. We were created to solve some kind of problem. And if if we could very early on identify what is that problem we need to solve, you will then with all your might begin to run in that direction to solve that problem because that is the purpose for which you are born. Mm. And um, we had this manual and we understood this, that as teenage parents, we needed to firstly surrender everything we had, which wasn't much. It was nothing when we start there. It was zero. Uh, we needed to surrender that to God. But what we also understood was, however little, that one cent that you give back into the hand of God, He's able to multiply to achieve His plan and His purpose. And so whatever little skill or resources or knowledge that we had as teenage parents, firstly to raise a family, and secondly, to achieve the level of impact that we wanted to achieve through our lives, we understood that we needed to give that firstly back to God because he's the one that gives rain. He's the one that multiplies. He's the one that provides. So whatever we think we have is insignificant. So the organization is really born out of, I suppose, your own looking at the world, your own struggles as teenage parents to sustain a family. And yeah, how did it sort of take shape from there? Um, seeing, I think there's a particular focus on literacy in some of your programs, uh, leadership. Yeah, maybe you can talk, talk to that. So part of, of being teenage parents, we obviously needed to be a lot more resourceful. So we started our first business um, selling pepper and we de decanted it and sold it and you know to to survive uh, my wife Nikki um, she then went back to school she was in grade 10 at the time she went back to school and she completed schooling and went on to university so at that time there were no bursaries and no anything like that she went to the old um, Rao Rand Afrikaans University now known as University of Johannesburg and uh, she went back and studied communication and psychology so part of of her uh, thesis uh, doing her honors uh, she did it in advertising so she has quite a few um, qualifications and part of her passion was to look at how do we use that in order to drive and develop people. Mm -hmm. So 
from the onset, we our main mission statement is to help people discover and develop their God-given potential so they can fulfill their God-given destiny. So in everything that we do, from programs to... Um, you know, to, to just in our marriage with our kids, that is what we endeavor to do. So that became part of of our grounding statement, our our root um, as a family first, and then secondly as an organization. So for us, we don't see the, the difference in whether we're doing it here at work or whether we're in our house or whether we're just a casual chat of a, a friend you haven't seen in a long time, um, you know, in a shopping center. Uh, when you leave that person, have you helped them discover who they are better? Do they understand, firstly, um, you know, that where they are going and that, you know, they obviously also have some passions and outlook and desires and how we could better facilitate that yeah well can we maybe get into some specifics of your particular programs and how you help develop help people discover and develop that potential um, maybe you can share a few of the programs that help people down that road so we are from a, a small community of about 60,000 people, um, 60 to 80,000 people in the heart of Gauteng called Rege Park and which is a traditionally colored community in Gauteng. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't live too far from the high school and being in business at that time, our business employed more than uh, 40 people um, doing environmental services. So from impact to quite a bit of work for uh, your peristatals like Transnet and Spurnet and ESCOM and and so on. And um, what the business uh, allowed us to do was obviously be a bit more resourceful um, in terms of giving back to the community. And then at that time, uh, Nikki was still completing her investments degree. And uh, she said, let me just go to the high school and see how we can assist uh, some of the learners, you know, some etiquette, some, you know, polishing up how to do a CV, things like that. And then uh, when she went out and did that, she found that, hold on, a basic manual, the kids were not in, in grade 9 or 10, were not able to read um, a basic manual and she went back and like no hold on uh, spoke to the principal we need to can we at least do a test to see where they are at and when the results came back um, from the test the assessments uh, it showed that the kids were at a grade two and three reading with understanding ability in English so that would if if, if the kids cannot even think literally in a language that they expected to perform at optimal uh, levels at, uh, that, would, that would cause frustration for any person. Mm -hmm. um, so she went back, you know, presented the findings to the principal, sir, I've got very bad news for you. Your grade eights, uh, yeah, eights and nines, they, yeah, they, they should be in primary school. Oh. And uh, so he turned to her and said, okay, that is really not good news. 
what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Put it in her. In yes. So that was the start of the Synergy Foundation okay. because uh, she then wow. walked out of the office with super conviction. Like, okay, so now we have to do something about yes. this. Yeah. Um, and that was in 2006. And that gave uh, birth to the Synergy Foundation. So because of my background being in business and in marketing, uh, we put together the Synergy Foundation as a non-profit organization, and uh, we formally registered that with the Department of Social Development in 2007. And um, from there, we started working in a few high schools. We worked in eight communities. I think what makes Synergy different um, to other organizations doing a similar thing is that we endeavor to not only stop at the primary beneficiary, but we've put things in place to look at how do we measure this at a secondary level. So we say, okay, yes, we'll help you, JP, mm -hmm. and that is good. And that is where most people would stop. Most organizations would stop there. But we're saying, for us, that is not good enough because even JP doesn't exist by himself. He lives within a community, in a society, within a family. So if we put JP on the program, how do we deliver sufficient traction and impact in JP's life so that he can now affect other people around him? And if we can do that, have a significant push with that, we can then begin to drive impact at a community level and not just the individual. Um, so that is how a lot of the um, fundamental thinking around a lot of our programs are structured. That is why it's called the Synergy Foundation. The one links, the one program links into the other program to create that holistic development of the community and not just in one area. So literacy, yes. But then we found that a lot of the kids that we've now taught to read at school, when they finished matric, there wasn't any employment opportunities. And then we're like, okay, so what are we going to do now? So in 2010, eventually when those guys, we pushed them through, that was... When we started working in the one school, the matric pass rate was just over 40%. With us working in the school and just lifting up the literacy levels, even up to grade 12, they became the top school in the district running to achieving well over 96% matric pass rate. And not just passing... But a lot of the kids started qualifying for university, bursaries, uh, etc. And, and that became part of the, the, the programs that we were rolling out. So one of the other things that we also picked up um, was that we didn't have a lot of resources to do this. So we needed to be innovative and creative in how we would roll out this literacy programs. Because one of the things was... Our high school teachers straight out said, we overburdened, we don't have capacity, we burdened with administrative work and things like that, um, we can't assist you to roll out the, the, the reading programs. So we didn't have a lot of money to hire a lot of big staff to take this into, into the schools. So we said, hold on, what is the resource we have in our hand? And that is 
sort of the thing that always drives us to, you know, uh, that's why we believe it would be an indictment on God for anyone to say, I have nothing. Because that is not the truth. Everyone has something to be able to trade that is of value. Whether it's a skill, a, a cup, a, everyone has something that they're able to trade that is of value. And so we looked at what do we have in our hand. And what we had at the school was a group of learners, top academic learners from grade 10 to 12. They in need of volunteering certificates and things like that. And we started the Legends program at the school. So they then started to volunteer with us. To We trained them on our program and they started assisting some of the grade 8s and 9s that were struggling. And with those certificates, they then, they then would qualify for bursaries and uh, getting into university because now they achieved some uh, community service hours that they've been giving back. Mm-hmm. And that not only helped them to achieve what they wanted to achieve, which is to get into university, but it also created that mindset to be able to give back into the community mm-hmm. and uplift those around them, which helped us achieve our end goal of uplifting the entire community in that way. Yes. Okay, and then, so, so you mentioned a little bit about so post-school as well, uh, sort of leadership um, development. Can you maybe share a little bit about that, that program as well? So that, that led into our business programs because now we saw that these kids who finished school went into the unemployment Uh, leg of it, which means that uh, they're not really adding value back into society. So we said the only way to do that is one, either get employed or two, become self-employed. That's why we hate the term unemployed. If someone tells us they're unemployed, is uh, uh, for us as good as them saying they did, they have nothing, they can't do anything, because uh, what we're saying is you have a skill or you have something that you are able to trade that is of value that you can now move from the bracket of being unemployed and it's just that one mental shift without having to make a single cent yet to say, I'm not unemployed, I am self-employed. And just that mental shift moves you completely from being inactive Mm. to being active, still at zero, but just that shift for you to say, you know what, I have something of value that I can offer. Even if I have to buy a bag of sweets and start selling that sweets for... 50 cents at a time, I'm beginning to trade something and create value uh, through my skill and effort. And yes, so that is that gave birth to our entrepreneurship program. So Synergy endeavors to solve two problems. One, unemployment, and the second, illiteracy. And we do that through Uh, literacy programs, life skills programs, leadership programs, and then also we help people start, manage, and grow businesses. Yes. Well, I think as we've been talking, um, I see there's a lot of 
sort of theological underpinnings behind what you do and even just talking about helping everybody recognize that they've got some value that they can add. I, mean, I think there's a deep theology there that each person is created in the image of God and has those um, gifts and skills which need to be unlocked. Um, so I want to ask a few questions around that and yeah, how your own Christian faith has shaped your um, vision and mission, maybe what God has taught you about his character through the years, through, um, through your investment and your um, time with, with Synergy. With, with Synergy. Um, synergy is, is mainly an outflowing of, firstly, who we are and, and uh, our, my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that the gospel first became real to me when I was... Uh, still that teenager with the realization that I'm becoming a dad now. And that really drew me closer to Christ and allowed him to really begin to transform my heart on this journey of sanctification. And I understood what he's done for me he is then able to do for others. And that the the role of uh, the people around me that they've played in, you know, helping me find this road of salvation, I can then also be the instrument of assisting and, and being used by God in this journey to play the role for someone else on their road of salvation and sanctification. Um, So for both my wife and I, we understood this, that we firstly have to be in unity with him. That's our trinity. God, myself, my wife, and that's this marriage that is so mysterious that we can't always begin to understand with our natural minds how God just you know, uh, molds us together in this. And we understood that in this unity, we needed to surrender our family first to God and allow him to work in us as a family. And all we understood was we had the word of God, which is the Bible, and we say there's a proverb for each day, 31 proverbs. So uh, today is... The sixth, I think it's the sixth today. Sixth of August. August. So today we would have, as a family around the breakfast (laughs) table, uh, read the uh, Proverbs six, Uh, and and then we would go around the table uh, with each of our three kids and like, okay, what are you, what did you pick up today? And if we read the sixth each month, each month a different part of that Proverbs six would jump out and really speak to you. And that has been guiding us through, uh, you know, to, to really impart in our family this root uh, that God is the root of our lives, the root of our family, and the root of everything that we do. Mm. Related to that, I think, um, have you partnered with the church? How have you experienced the church in this a work uh, has the church been a help? Has the church been there on the side? Um, yeah, I'm just interested to 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 how you see synergy working together with the church, 
Um, and what your experience has been as a church been interested in supporting uh, the work? Um, maybe just yeah, some, some thoughts along, along that. We, we welcome any, um, any organization or party that wants to partner with us on this journey that we are on. Um, we haven't been specific to any particular denomination or church. Um, there were a few um, organizations in the past that that contacted us, but um, the, it wasn't a church, but it was some Christian organizations, and they had um, issues with um, either the 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 color of the skin of the beneficiaries or we, they didn't want us to help Muslim kids or, um, you know, trying to set some parameters. And, and uh, it, it, it burdened us to the core and this heavy burden that God has placed on our hearts to take this good news of Christ into communities regardless of who the person is that's sitting in front of us. And we, I have to say that we have had a mixture of people, old, young, disabled, healthy, um, some really wealthy uh, people sit in front of us um, that we understood this, that every single human on this planet is in need of Christ, first and foremost. And then they have potential that is untapped. Regardless of how well you, you think you are doing, I mean, you could be Anton Rupert, there's still some untapped potential there. And if part of our mandate is to help people discover and develop their God-given potential then even someone like Anton Rupert could find value in some way, even if it's just in a conversation, that could spark something. And have you ever had people ask you the question, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you helping me? Um, have there been some opportunities to share Christ along the way? I'm sure there have been many uh, of those kind of opportunities. Every single session for us, we start off with prayer. And I think because we... We've had the autonomy in terms of the people sponsoring our programs. We've done a lot of self-investment into a lot of the programs in Synergy. It, allows, it allowed us the freedom and the autonomy to be able to shape and, and uh, choose who we want to share these programs with, uh, when we want to share the programs with them, and um, you know how we want to structure each session without any... Uh, interference. So if, if we, uh, if this is a Christian program, it will be based on Christian principles and the literature will be Christian because <laughs> that is essentially what we want to get through. Uh, one of the things that we uh, are doing now is developing tools for ministry because a lot of people say they're Christian, but then some of the basic things like just understanding how to read your Bible um, is, a, is a massive challenge for a lot of especially new uh, newborn Christians, um, especially with the charismatic movement and, you know, this that whole thing uh, that, that, that just emerged over the last couple of decades where 
in theory, they say they are Christian, but they've never been taught how to experience God and and analyze the Bible and read the Bible Mm -hmm. for themselves and see what God is saying to them. And um, so we're busy developing tools um, that would now allow, um, regardless of which denomination Mm -hmm. the person goes to, what their background is, we endeavor to develop tools that would assist them um, you know, to to be able to draw closer to God mm. in that way. Okay, and would that be also where would that fit in into the synergy programs? You know, how would would you see that happening and together with the literacy or, uh, or your internship program or So, how it's structured? We've got um, we've got four basic programs. So the one program is called the One ABC program. So if people go onto our website, uh, they'll see all of the programs uh, are, are there and it's, it's being explained. The One ABC program is an internship with the Synergy Foundation or with us. And that is called the One Activate Boot Camp. So in 12 months... Uh, we basically want to get that person up and running and it's ideal for people who just finished school and uh, sort of trying to figure out where they want to go in life and uh, you know we're saying come spend a year with us and and we can uh, help you discover and develop your potential and begin to analyze which direction you want to go into and we've we've seen a lot of uh, guys go straight into university from school and then end up I want to become a doctor and then end up in medical school in year two they're like this is not really what I thought it would be or, or whatever they studying in engineering or whatever and like this is not really what I thought it would be uh, so we for for some people they need to take out that year but we're saying don't sit on the couch and you know watch YouTube that's not going to help you at all you need you need some sort of uh, guidance and mentorship and coaching that will help you through that process of discovering who you are and, and how to get that natural fit of where you want to go with your life um, so that is the one program the one ABC the second one is called the next gen program which is Uh, really the next generation. So there we're trying to solve the problem of unemployment before they get to the unemployment line. Mm -hmm. So we we endeavor to take kids that are still at school level to start businesses and start trading. I mean, uh, one of the the things for us, it's a practical program. If, if, um, If you come to me to teach you to play piano, at a minimum, when you walk into the class, you would expect to see a piano. And then uh, at the the end of the program, if I say it's going to be a two-week or three-week class or six-week class, at the end of it, at a bare minimum, you would expect to at least play one song, even if it's happy birthday. Mm -hmm. You would be like... I see the piano, you've taught me how to play one song, Regan, therefore I can say I've been successful at learning to play the piano. Okay, not the best at it, but there's some movement toward it. But we haven't found business programs, there's so many out there. But people come in, they sit in a class, they get taught all these concepts, marketing, operations, finance, all these things are thrown at them, and... uh, they leave no business. And we're like, hold on, 
there's something not right here. So from government institutions, they, they roll out these programs, big corporates, they roll out these programs on a weekly basis. Massive amounts of resources invested in it. And people sit with no business. But you're teaching them about business. So we've taken the more practical approach. We're saying you come in from week one, you start the business. Because how will we guide you if you're not out of, the, out of the starting line? So you get started, and then we start working with you from there. So you, uh, we have kids that are at high school. We've uh, put them into smaller groups of five, and then we've given them some seed money of about a lot, like 250 rand. And then we set out a challenge. How can you turn that 250 rand? Let's see if you can make it profitable. And on average, they t- they've turned that into about a thousand rand a month, um, you know, just buying and selling stuff. And it's more the learning of the concept of business. Um, but it's practical. So that's the next gen. Because if we can teach them to do that, they, they will never be poor uh, in their lives. They've, they've learned the principle of how to multiply um, the resources they have. Um, the other one is called the PraxGen program. The PraxGen program is now more for people who are already post-school. So they're already in the problem. Uh, now we need to fix some of that as well. So similar to the next-gen program, except there, uh, that's real life. The pressure is real. They need to put food on the table. And they need to do that. So theirs is at a, a much faster pace. Uh, the learnings are a bit uh, different there, but on the same principle. You can't come and sit in a workshop. You need to actually do something, and we measure that through men- mentoring and coaching. Um, the The fourth program is really the one that's close to our hearts, uh, JP. Um, that is called the VoxGen program. The VoxGen program is, uh, Vox in Latin is voice. That's where we give a voice to those without a voice in our society. That is more for people with disabilities. Uh, so the spectrum for people with disabilities is extremely wide. And so we've got a pilot program that we involved in in Valiersdorp at the moment where they are from people, uh, we've got 16 of them on the program. So people from mental disabilities to people that are quadriplegics, paraplegics, you know, just uh, one lady, uh, Elise, that uh, she's lame on the one side and she still makes bags and hand embroidery and she sells those bags. So we get uh, people with disabilities. How do we give them a voice to also create value within our society? And um, so we, we're really excited about that because now we're about um, seven, eight months into that program and the results is really, really astonishing to see how we've had zero attrition on the program. They're all extremely excited and motivated. We go there once a week on a Wednesday um, at the resource center. So for anyone watching, you're welcome to join us on a Wednesday in Valiersdorp uh, just to pop in and, and spend some time with uh, with our guys there. Um, but we're excited to see how their faces light up every Wednesday when we go there. And um, so our session um, is with the Tools for Life 
guys, and they run Christian ministry with that group first in the morning, and then we pick up um, about an hour, hour and a half straight after that ministry time. We pick up on some of the business and actual skills uh, skills part of, of, of the program with them. Uh, so it's it's amazing for us to see how they are excited and actually looking forward to the next week and what you're going to do with us next week. And uh, we've we've done some financial literacy stuff with them and, uh, yeah, just some some really um, basic stuff. But well, That sounds like a wonderful embodiment of the gospel as well, the, the care for, for the weak and the vulnerable and the marginalized, um, those who are often lost. Uh, you mentioned the possibility of people coming, joining you, coming to see your work. Um, yeah, what are other ways that people could potentially support the work of Synergy? I, I suppose first just see what happens on the ground. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, there are uh, different ways in which people can partner with Synergy. Uh, first, they can go to our website. So part of what we are doing um, is we'd like for Christians, firstly, to understand that part of what we do is taking the gospel through our ministry tools, our, our skills programs, literacy programs, business programs. We take that into communities to create that sustainability and tipping point for our communities to begin to change. So people can partner with us uh, financially uh, through from as little as like 49 rand a month, um, there's different options in which they can donate um, through also volunteering some of the skills and time. We're also in a development spree. So, you know, from helping out with our social media to um, web development, even uh, we, we're trying now, we... Um, there's there's one program called the Reading with Understanding program. So if there are some computer buffs that could assist us to, to do that sort of digitally, uh, that would deliver some traction for us to generate revenues through that program. And it, it would be it would certainly deliver potential to to scale it um, to scale it definitely um, internationally. Um, so we've seen that program work. It's been implemented extremely manually uh, but the principles remain the same so if, if um, you know uh, we could digitize that it would certainly create opportunity uh, so those are the ways in which people can um, mm. join us so from church groups we will be making some resources ministry tools like how to read the bible where they can um, you know, join in if there are other youth groups or church groups uh, that people would want to distribute those tools to, uh, they would be more than welcome to do um, that. The ministry tools part would uh, only be available a bit later in the year um, because we're still in development with that and, you know, trying to pull that together through various sources. Maybe a last question, just sort of looking into the future. Um, you'd obviously want to multiply the impact. Um, where would you hope that synergy will be in, let's say, five years, ten years' time? Uh, what, what kind of, what direction or where would you like to see the organization going? We, we're just over uh, 50 million people in South Africa. 
part of our fight is firstly locally, which is the national thing. So we're solving for unemployment and illiteracy. Um, less than 10 years ago, we had just over 4 million people on our grant scheme. Just over 4 million people on our grant scheme. Today, we have close to 20 million people on either all pay or the welfare system within our country. So for me, it feels like we are definitely losing the battle in terms of self-sustainability. In the face of that big giant that we are facing, we need quite a few partners within Synergy for us to be able to turn the tide of poverty. And that poverty leads to other social ills that we experience in our communities. And it's so easy uh, for us to say, yeah, but that happens, you know, that doesn't happen in Stellenbosch or in Somerset West. It happens over there on the Cape Flats. But for anyone who's ever driven on any of the freeways in Cape Town, The squatter camps are coming closer and closer by the day to Stellenbosch and to Somerset West. So very soon it will be your problem on the doorstep. And so one of the ways in which we can combat that is to begin to transform the landscape of those communities. One of the the sad things for me, JP, is that even the church has become the voice and the magnifiers of government. Thinking, you know, that squatter camps, those people that can't read, uh, the unemployed, my tax money pays government. So it's government's job to solve that problem. No, that is not government's job. It is the role of the church to transform communities. Because Christ is the light. Not government. Government is no light. Government is darkness in themselves. So if the church, who is the light, is looking to darkness, to solve darkness, it's not going to happen. Yes, now the way I often put it is, you know, where would we be if Jesus looked down and looked at the problems and said, that's not my problem? You know, it wasn't his problem. It wasn't his fault. But he took responsibility. Absolutely. And I mean, I often think of that wedding, you know, where they didn't have enough wine. And, you know, he first says to his mother, why do you involve me? But then he still steps in and he solves the crisis, Absolutely. even though it's not his problem, actually. Absolutely. That's what he's done for us. And, yeah, I think the church should have that, you know, see that problem in our society. And it's a big problem. And I think we need, you know, the church and organizations like Synergy, uh, lots of Christians living out their faith in the world and particularly in this area of empowerment and leadership skills and business skills. You know, God created us to work. Um, We didn't have too much time to explore that underlying theology of people created in the image of God, created to to work like Adam and Eve in the garden. And that's what God created us for, like you said earlier on. And the church should have a vision for bringing Christ to people and then helping people to live out their faith in Christ, particularly in that area of, of how am I contributing 
to society through my work. Um, yeah. So, Regan, it's been wonderful to to chat with you and to hear about the work of Synergy. I'm encouraged by your work, and may the Lord bless that work. And I do hope some of our listeners would um, visit the website, maybe come and see what you're doing, Absolutely. and get involved. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the conversation. No, thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope this has been beneficial. Remember to look in the description for links and resources. Until next time, grace and peace.